Welcome to the Israel Bible Podcast. My name is Cindy Parker, and I am an author, a speaker, and the professor of Holy Land Studies at Israel Bible Center. I am passionate about reading the Bible in the physical, historical, and cultural context of its day. And I love having these geeky conversations with people about all kinds of new things. In this podcast, I'd like to invite you to join me as I sit down each week with other faculty members of IBC to discover new aspects of the Bible. These are some of my favorite dialogues because as a modern audience reading an ancient text, we know that the Bible does not need to be rewritten, but it needs to be reread. Dr. Eli Lazorkin Eisenberg is the founder of the Israel Bible Center and the professor of ancient cultures. He joins us once again this week to talk about his course titled The Jewish Gospel of John. We've been talking about some of the unique aspects of the Gospel of John, and I'm not talking about the anti-Jewish way some people read the text. That is far from how the Gospel was supposed to be read. And if you want to know why, you should take Dr. Eisenberg's course. Dr. Eisenberg suggested last week that Samaritans are central to the Gospel of John, not just friendly towards them by adding some stories like Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, but the hypothesis last week was that the author of John is actually writing to engage the Samaritans. To support his ideas, Dr. Eisenberg brought in themes from the book of Ezekiel that are echoed in John, and we ended with some of the ways John uses different vocabulary so as to be more acceptable to the Samaritans. For instance, not calling Jesus the King of the Jews, which would be a Judean-centric and Jerusalem-centric idea, but the King of Israel. But a point of clarification might be good right about here. There was a proposal many, many years ago that Gospel of John was in fact a Samaritan Gospel. So in other words, it was a Gospel of very pro-Samaritan and, and even originating in Samaritan Israelite community. Okay. Now, this is not what I'm saying. I am still saying that this is actually a Judean Gospel. Actually, this is, this is the only Gospel where Jesus is so clearly identified as a Judean, you know, when he was buried, he was buried according to the customs of the Jews, because how you're born and how you die, it's who you are. And it's in this gospel, the Samaritan woman, who is, if I'm right, a righteous woman who suffered a lot in her life, says, but you are Judean. So it's very, very clear that this gospel is not really hiding its Judean bias. However, with, it, with the presence of Judean bias, it does not allow itself the kind of uncareful and offensive language that the Gospel of Matthew allows itself. I'll give you an example. Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, don't you go to the Samaritans. Remember that. Go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So what does this tell you? Now, we don't really know what Jesus said exactly. We know what the Gospel of Matthew tells us Jesus says. It's true. There is no video recording. There's no audio recording. This is a story that's, that someone is writing, as, as we believe, at least in John's case, as an eyewitness. In Luke's case, no. 
In Mark's case, it is unclear because it seems to be that this is Peter's story and someone is writing it down, okay? Whoever wrote the Gospel of Matthew obviously had no passion to reach the Samaritan Israelites for the Gospel. They did not think that the Samaritan Israelites needed to be reconciled to the Judeans for the full rule of the Messiah to come to fruition. They didn't think so. Uh, so in many ways, I think that Gospel of John was written to provide the kind of gospels that gospel that was particularly tailored to the Samaritans. Now, here's what I'm not saying, and it's and, and the, the the hypothesis has to be nuanced. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that when the gospel was written, that only Samaritans were conceived of, that only they would be reading it. So I think that whoever wrote this thought of Samaritans as the bulk, the major audience, but ex expected that there would be others on the fringes of the reach of this document that would also be hearing and listening and understanding. Okay, this, this is my hypothesis. Okay, so we've heard that the Samaritans are portrayed in a positive light and that the author of John might have been thinking of Ezekiel and knows that God, like a good shepherd, will save his people, which must include the northern and southern kingdoms, and thus includes the Samaritans. There's a Samaritan-friendly vocabulary, and then there are interesting clarifications the author makes. And this has to do with how the author adds in these little explanations of the holidays for the listener. For example, Passover of the Jews. Now, throughout the Roman world that had this Jewish population throughout, people would not necessarily need an explanation of the Jews tagged on to the end of Passover, because Passover was innately a Jewish holiday. So why include Passover of the Jews instead of simply saying Passover? Let's get back to Dr. Eisenberg's hypothesis here. In the Gospel of John, you will, unlike in other Gospels, whenever a a holiday, a feast of the Lord is mentioned, uh, such as Passover, although this is not the only one that's mentioned, it would say that Jesus went to celebrate, I would say, Passover of the Jews, or, or as I'm arguing, that essentially Jews are Judeans. Now, what makes my thesis new is that I think in the end, you not in the end and throughout really, you very quickly begin to find out that it, the Jews are not just Judeans, but they're, but the base of the definition of the word that we translated in English as Jews is in fact Judeans. So see, nobody in the Roman Empire with such a huge amount of Jewish population, and we're talking about, you know, high percent, high guess 10%, and low guess three or 4%, that's a very high percentage. If the in if in Roman if in Roman um, world uh, in the Roman uh, uh, world under Roman occupation you had so many Jews nobody needed to especially among the Gentiles that were interested in Jewish things 
And those were all the people to whom the Gospels were addressed. Nobody would, they would all know what the Passover is. It was a big deal that it is a Judean. It's not a holiday of the, you know, I don't know, the skiffs or somebody else, you know. So it was Jewish holiday in that sense. But because, as you rightly pointed out, they're different there's different Passovers, there's different calendars. And actually, there's more calendars than those calendars. But at the very least, you have a Judean, Jerusalemite calendar, and then you have a Samaritan calendar. And even though you're celebrating the same holidays in sometimes in even similar ways, you know, they're, they're not really similar, but, but you could see similarities. They're, they're, they're commemorated on a different date. And they are, in fact, Passover of the Jews, Judeans, and Passover of the Samaritans. And that's why um, each time, and, I, and you see, the Gospel of John has exactly this kind of back and forth. On, it's like sticks and carrots, sticks and carrots. On one hand, it tailors this Judean mission to the Samaritans. It puts, it strips away all majority of the kind of things that it's going to be very hard for Samaritans to accept. The, the, uh, what I was referring to earlier about Jesus coming to Jerusalem, he was called in other Gospels the Son of David. That is dropped in the Gospel of John. Why? Because the Samaritans rejected this idea of the Davidic dynasty. Okay, so he's there just the king of Israel. Okay, so it's interesting. Uh, so it's this give and take, give and take. So on one hand, it's nuancing and really tuning the message for the Samaritans. On the other hand, it doesn't want to become a wishy-washy, who knows what to believe kind of the God. The Judean apostles are convinced the Samaritans were wrong. Jerusalem is the center. Davidic dynasty is 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 the right thing. The the Judean apostles were not were not uh, thinking maybe Samaritans were right. No, but Jesus had convinced at least most of them, or at least some of them, that Samaritans were their brothers and sisters. I may have exhausted the, the, <laughs> why I think the Samaritans were central. No, there's a lot more, but no, it's good. <laughs> well, why would you sign up or get the book, right? I do want to ask a, a, another question, and it touches on because you were saying that you think the author of the Gospel of John has a priestly background, or at least was a priest. And so this touches a little bit on something interesting that the Gospel of John does. It places the episode of Jesus going into the temple and cleansing the temple at the very beginning of the Gospel, and the synoptics put it at the end of the gospel. How does that serve John's purpose? At the very least, we can say without any kind of stretch that the temple is a huge theme in the gospel of John. And not only that, Jesus as the temple, as the, as the so-called, so to speak, third temple. Well, I think in some way you have to say that it was Jesus himself that was turning the imagery of temple upon himself. But also I think it was whoever, whoever, uh, whoever authored the Gospel of John was persuaded that Jesus was the ultimate temple. One very, I think, clear example is that it, 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 this is a very famous text. Jesus says, whoever believes in me, 
out of his belly will flow the rivers of the living water, I think. As the scripture also says, there's only one problem with it. There is no quotation like this anywhere, right? In the entire Hebrew Bible, which is what he meant by scriptures. So either Jesus is wrong, which we cannot allow, <laughs> right? And thank God he's not wrong. Or we're thinking of a quotation and what we ought to be thinking is an allusion to some kind of perhaps vision. Now, when we say it that way, then all of a sudden we do remember that in the book of Ezekiel, right? When the man is invited to walk in deeper and deeper and deeper, remember, in, in the into the river. And then together with an angel, they kind of trace that river to see where is this river coming from? And, and there you come to the temple, to some kind of Ezekielian temple that is that actually has the water gushing from insides of the temple gushing out and it's out of that temple Ezekielian temple that the water is flowing freely and making you know the dry land and the and the dead sea that has got too much salt really live everything becomes live because of the waters that are coming from the temple and then in john there is two ways to translate it one way to say that um uh, that whoever believes in me out of him that person who believes will flow the river of the uh, rivers of the living water now another way to translate this that doesn't quite does it, it's not against it but it just doesn't connect is that it is the rivers a flowing out of Jesus. So question is, there, there is basically two ways to translate. Are the rivers flowing out of the person who believes in Jesus? Or is this out of Jesus, this, this rivers are flowing out? And they will eventually get to that person, but it's really from Jesus. Now, I think that, and of course, whenever there is two different ways you can translate it, you know, it's my word against yours, but in the end, you have to go back and say, what are the arguments that show that other things would would be more consistent with this and one of the arguments if you continue to trace the ezekielian setting for the gospel of john you will see that this is the only way actually you can connect what jesus said as the scripture also says and so and so therefore he is the temple it is that temple and it's out of him that's bursting uh, the rivers of the living water. So uh, now how that connects with the priestly nature of whoever wrote the Gospel of John. Well, uh, one, one of the facts is that, that it's just very interested in those themes, seems to have a very intricate knowledge of the books that are more interesting to the priests. Actually, uh, uh, I don't think anybody's doubting that much that the that Gospel of John has a very strong priestly connection. So this is not really new from what I bring in the, in the book. What I bring in the book is Ezekielian connection, and even that is not really new. What I'm really, what the new new is really this nuanced explanation of who the, Jude, who the Judeans, the Hoiudaioi in Greek, the translated as the Jews in English, uh, wrongfully, I think, is translated. Although I'm not sure that there is such, a, there is a really a better translation. Uh, that's a different different story. 
the fact that I say it's inadequate, it doesn't mean that I know exactly how to translate it better. Well, just to think of the actual event of cleansing the temple, do you think that the action of cleansing the temple is important for John to put at the front? Yeah, for two reasons. One is the concern with the priesthood and, you know, the cleanliness, the cleansing of the priesthood and reformation of the priesthood where it, it, it would be pure again. But also, again, Jesus comes to judge as the, the Lord comes to judge in Ezekiel. He's coming to judge the evil shepherds. I'll give you an example how we very often not pay attention do not pay attention to the little tiny things and i would encourage the readers to try to develop in them in them this practice of paying attention to small things generally speaking the smaller thing you can you can pick you'll probably you're probably going to be onto something that other people are not so um take for example when jesus comes jesus comes to jerusalem and he came several times and at some point, the, the priestly elite there, the corrupt priestly elite, and by the way, it's not just Gospel of John and the Gospels thinks that the, pre, the priestly setup there is corrupt. Other Jews that, that, that with no Jesus-related experience also think it's all corrupt and sold yeah. out. So, so this is kind of like, the, you could see that this, this is inner Jewish kind of critique of what's going on in the sold-out Jerusalem. So, so this is another Jewish voice of, that wants to see uh, a, a reformation and cleansing, if you will. So, so Jesus comes to Jerusalem and the priests say to him, if you're the Messiah, tell us clearly. At least this is how it's normally preaches, preaches, uh, or pre is preached to us and taught to us. I suggest a different reading. The priests weren't asking him to tell them clearly that he's the Messiah. The priest was telling him to tell them clearly that he is the Messiah because Jesus was establishing that he was the Messiah to everybody but the evil shepherds of Israel. You see, he was not telling them anything at all. He wasn't submitting to their authority because in his mind, they have lost legitimacy and he would not come to be to be approved by them for the messiahship you see so it's this thing that he is he's coming to judge really this is the this is the main thing Whew. okay there's been a lot here we covered how the jews in the gospel of john would be better translated judeans we looked at how and why the Samaritans are central to the Gospel of John, and we've seen some of the ways the author is concerned about priestly concepts and seems to be building on themes from Ezekiel. I hope these two episodes have whet your appetite to learn more. You'll have to take his course to find out how Dr. Lazorkin Eiserberg reads the Gospel as a court case and a small hint. It has to do with following the tradition of Ezekiel. You'll also join him in rereading The Wedding at Cana, Jesus's encounters with Pharisees, and the underlying meaning behind several of Jesus's miracles. This course is in three parts, and by the end, you will have looked at 
almost every verse in John, paying attention to even the smallest detail. If you sign up for Israel Bible Center Certificate Program in Jewish Context and Culture, you will have access to an extensive collection of courses, including this one, The Jewish Gospel of John. You also have access to roundtable talks and hot topic seminars. Find us on the web at israelbiblecenter.com or even easier, click on the link in the notes at the bottom of this episode and it will only take you three minutes to enroll in the program. Thank you to Jeremy McDonald with Mason Jar Music for mixing, editing, and crafting all of the good sounds you hear. And thank you for being curious about the world of the Bible. Bible.